Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Good evening, Andy. Happy third of July. Third of July, pre pre Independence Day Eve. That's right. The fireworks are already going off. Roscoe's you, Roscoe's what, currently in a bunker somewhere. How does how does he handle the fireworks? Same Terrible. as every dog, just yeah. like Vince. Like yeah. he, he, I would say he's spot on Vince. Hiding in the closet on a pile of shoes. It's literally what he did Thursday. Yeah. So, so the, the good news is they started Thursday, uh, where my girlfriend lives, right? Cause she's right by the city. So we kind of hunkered down here in the suburbs cause in the basement, they're actually going off nonstop above, but you just, you just can't hear them in the basement. So he is well, no I've, I've seen uh, on social media this week, finally, it seems like the voice of the fireworks are overrated generation are, is, is starting to trickle out. Finally, I'm seeing people who share my sentiment and like, dude, ha- like, fuck fireworks. Like you see it when you're like 10 and you're like, that's awesome. And then after every time after that, it's like, OK, is this exciting at all for anybody? Yeah, yeah I never got it. I mean, we do this every year. It's just like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go out of my way. Like to me, you know, it's funny you bring up the fireworks because that is, that's baseball right now, right? The firework Friday, like that's baseball's big draw. Yeah. Is fireworks for people to stick around on Friday night home games. That's where they're at. Like guess- blow some shit up. That's the thing about fireworks too is like, I'm sandwiched in my family between two siblings who are both pyromaniacs who would get fireworks and then use them to like blow up things. And it's like, once you start using fireworks for, you know, evil, just like going and watching a fireworks show kind of loses its excitement. What's the craziest thing you saw one of your brothers do with fireworks? Um, Well, I think, I think the thing that uh, I don't know if it was the craziest but uh, the thing that I remember very clearly is my if this dad, involves a turtle. I'm already smiling. No, my dad had a, uh, a garden like and he had like, yeah, mi- like Mr. Fucking Italian garden. You know what I mean? And he had all his like metal poles and he had he had like fencing that he would put up and take down in the spring so that, you know, keep it safe from the deer and whatever. Sure. And at one point, I think it was John just like dropped a firework into one of the pipes into like one of the things. And it just like blew a hole, like the whole structure stayed in place and it just like blew like a hole out of the side. And I was just like, how did you like, everybody was freaking out. Like, Oh my God, dad's going to notice. I go, you think, you think he's going to notice the fucking like bomb wound to the side of his fucking garden. Uh, But I was also like, what did you think was going to happen here? Like yeah. How how did you see this going? And my Would, dad was furious. Did you guys just throw him right under the bus? 
Oh yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I think I was like, John dropped a firework down there. Another time he took, uh, this is probably like the, the most interesting thing. He took uh, a bunch of fireworks and then he took like a bunch of lighters. Like, I, I mean, it must've been 25 lighters and he like taped them all together into a fireball like bomb and he threw fireworks in and i remember like just fireworks going off in this fire and then when the when the lighters all erupted there was a, like a legit mushroom cloud and i was like whoa that was that was intense your brother does your brother know about jason pierre paul well i'm i'm sure john has no idea who that yeah, is that's what i'm saying like yeah Mikey was also a bit of a pyromaniac as well. When Mikey was like four years old, when Mikey was like barely walking and talking, we were like literally all in the, in the, our like family room. And Mikey came in with like char blacked feet and was like, somebody lit a fire in the woods and I had to put it out. And my mom was like, yeah, is that what happened? Somebody randomly lit a fire in our backyard and then you, a four-year-old, found them and put the fire out? Or did you light a fire and then have to stomp it out? He that's, was like, he was like, his feet were like smoking when he came in the house. That's, was he really like four? He was like four years old. That's wild. Just out there like lighting things on fire and then fires getting out of control and then having to like jump on it and then coming yeah. in the house with like, you know, Star Wars Ewok sneakers, like charred black. See, that's the difference now, man. Like when we were that age, you would get into some shit. Like kids would never get into shit. Now they just shoot up schools. Yeah. Like, like that's the difference. We, we would do crazy stuff and not even crazy stuff, but just stuff that parents would never allow kids to do. I know it's insane. It's like, I remember being like, six, seven, eight, nine years old with John and Mikey and going out and doing mayhem. And now all of my friends, kids who are like six, seven, eight, oh. they're like, they're in car seats still. Oh, like dude. how, how old does a kid ride in a car seat for it at this point? This kid's like seven years old. You got him in a car seat. I mean, you know, I, exactly. I look at my nephews and nieces and I think with the five boys, like with my brothers, we, we roamed, we roamed our neighborhood. Like we were a gang. You know, yeah. but that's the thing. Like my parents, oh, you're just going to go play in the neighborhood for hours. I have, you know, have no clue where we're going, what the woods we're going into, what we're up to. Like kids nowadays, like I was telling the, the kid next door, he was like, they were playing hide and seek and I was in the back patio and he, he's going to be, he's Joe, he's going to be a fifth grader. And I said, you know, when I was your age, we play the, you play hide and seek in the whole neighborhood. And like, he couldn't even comprehend that. He's like the whole neighborhood. He goes, it might take hours for somebody to find you. I go, yeah, that's part of it, man. You go deep in the woods, you climbing under stuff. Uh, he's like, I can only stay in my yard or go in your yard. Like, yeah, things are a little different, man. Unbelievable. Well, we have lots of NBA to talk because it's that part of the year where... <laughs> It's a friend. <laughs> Bless you. Now, now, full disclosure, this is you've had these before, but this is another Joe Jordan flu game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Eddie Ift's kid got me sick. Um, you've been I in went bed. Out, uh, yeah, I've, I've literally been in bed the entirety of today. 
Um, got up a couple hours ago, had soup, had a shower. Um, but I went over to Eddie's place the other day and Eddie's kid comes running out. He's diving all over me. He's whatever. And he's like, Oh, neighbors are mad at me. I was like, why? He's like, Oh, they, they think, uh, my kid got them, their kid sick. I was like, this kid, this kid that's like on top of me right now. He's like, yeah, we were in the hospital with him last night till like 6 AM the emergency room. He had like the croup or something. I was like, why is this bacteria bomb crawling all over me right now? Yeah. And then of course, now you're sick. two days later, sick. Yeah. No, they and are. I- the, the, those kids, man, they just spread the diseases and a disease that's spreading in the NBA. Let's bring it back there. You like that segue? Yeah. The, the Kevin Durant disease is, is going to permeate through every NBA team before he's finished. Kevin, I, I'm, I'm at this point. I don't even understand. Like, did you watch the Kevin Durant Letterman thing? My girlfriend watched it and I'll be honest, it was like background noise. I watched parts of it. He like, he like comes off as like a reasonable person in that, but even within that, even within the Letterman thing, the multiple Bill Simmons things, there's something wrong with the guy, and I'm not really sure what it is. I I think it's just being like aggressively sensitive, just like to the point where it's like. Now, like the reports are now that him and Kyrie want to play together, but not for Brooklyn. It's like, how is that? How so, is that the move? So I was texting you and Randy Ruther, and we were talking about this when the news leaked, of course, after we completed last Thursday's episode. And this is what I said. I have no problems with guys switching teams, but like he's a bitch with it. Does that make sense? I'm not I'm not an old head who's like back in my day, they never switch teams. But dude, you're a bitch with it. There's no other way around it. You're just I a, just don't just, even understand like the process. So we had we had Kyrie. Is Kyrie gonna opt out or is Kyrie gonna opt in? Kyrie opts in, and a day later, Kevin Durant demands a trade. But now Kevin Durant might want to play with Kyrie still, but not like what did Brooklyn do to you guys? That's what I, I was going to ask. My question is why? Yeah. What did, how did, how did, how is Brooklyn at fault here? You guys came, you t- basically hold this team hostage. You force them to go get, get James Harden. Then you, then you're, if you're Kyrie, you're sitting out. Then they go get Simmons. Like, is it the Simmons thing? I don't know, but at this point, the, these... Because it seemed like Harden wanted, just was like, I'm. this is a whole lot of drama, and I don't want to be a part of it. And he ejected, which I would too if I was him and you're playing with, like the Kyrie-Kevin Durant situation, but, none of, like, but Kyrie won't play and Durant's hurt. You're just like, bro, this is a whole lot that I don't want anything to do with. Well... They, they, you know, we're talking about children to start the show. They, they, these are these are impulsive, childlike moves. You know what I'm like? I'm being serious. Like, if, if you had a professional psychologist analyze this, the, this idea that you're just going to be so off the cuff. Oh, now I want to move. Now I want to leave this team. Now I want to leave this team. Like, I, 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 again, I don't understand it. See, the thing is, for from Kevin Durant, like, let's just take it as like, well, I'll, I'll, 
like Kevin Durant is the big news, right? Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving is like, whatever. The, like the, the people who are out there that are still Kyrie stands, like who, why, what's your, like, th- these are just video game people, right? Yeah. Um, so Kevin Durant is one of the elite players in the NBA. If you're Kevin Durant, you want to leave because Brooklyn wasn't competitive enough last year, but wasn't that wasn't part of that, that Kyrie sat out so many games. And then I kind of understand Kevin Durant. I kind of understand Kyrie opts in and Kevin Durant then wants out. He's like, well, I'm not doing this again. But the whole thing is him and Kyrie all the reports are him and Kyrie are still boys. They're still close. He might even want to play with him somewhere else. But so see, just my, like none my, of it pro- makes sense. My problem is these guys. You don't win. You just don't win right away. It's not that easy. My point, you don't, you got to earn this shit, man. Just in life. Like you, like they should know that. And we've had but Kyrie. Lot- is, is there any, is there any, sense that Kyrie wants to win basketball games no I'm not but I'm talking more about Kevin Durant right and 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 if we if we talk we talked a lot about Steph Curry in the last month all and obviously he fell into a great situation and they put great pieces around him but someone like him I'll give I'll give credit like you like you look these I don't know I, I just feel like take take what happened they won and then they were shit and then they won again. Like to me, that that says something about these guys as people. I, I I just I don't see that in a Kevin Durant. So you had one shitty year, big deal. Bounce yeah, because you're man. you're you're a toe on the line away from beating the eventual champs the year before. That's what I'm saying. Like bounce, like like. That's why I'm saying I understand. Kyrie opts in. You you're like trading. I that actually makes sense to me. You're like, I'm not doing this again. You know, I fucked up. I came here. I, I, I like tied myself to Kyrie. That was a bad decision. I don't want to be a part of this Kyrie Brooklyn drama anymore. I fucked up. I want out now. That kind of makes sense to me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong to, to then like hold a team over the thing, but like, but for him to opt in and then them to be like, Kyrie wants to go too, or we want to play together. They're obviously not going to end up together. I mean, no one, no, like no team has the, the, like the, the manpower to trade for all that, that no, no one has that many draft picks and that many players and whatever. Plus also, what are you going to do with these two guys together? What Brooklyn did, which was what? Yeah. Well, I mean, the latest thing coming out is pretty wild tonight that the warriors have interest in Durant. And well, listen, would... I, I, I saw a great tweet about it or an article or whatever, which is if you're an NBA team right now, you should have interest in Kevin Durant. Kevin sure. Durant Kevin Durant wants a trade. Doesn't matter who or what you have. If you're a GM, you should be calling Brooklyn and being like, hey, just call in to say what's up. See what the deal is. Yeah. You know. Uh, obviously, you know, we're the warriors. He's been here before. Um, we're, we're not giving you Steph. We're not giving you uh clay or Draymond probably. Um, but we have, you know, a, a top pick from two years ago. We have 
draft picks in the future to give you. We have, you know, role players, but realistically, unless um, the Warriors would be giving up a Clay Thompson, which even at that, even right now, like what, what's what's Clay at this point? You know, like I just don't think the Warriors have enough to get it done. I mean, are you giving up everybody but those guys? Well, the report says Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman. Right. And draft picks. Yeah. A lot of guys. I mean, the thing is, if you're Golden State, you just won the championship with those guys. What's your fear that Kevin Durant goes somewhere else and you lose to them? Yeah, if I'm Golden State, I would never do this trade. Never. You just won without him. I I wouldn't do it. I mean, I understand. I understand the like the best offense is a good defense kind of situation. Like, okay, well, we're not going to win if he goes to the Suns. But I don't know. I just, I just don't see the Warriors. I mean. Is that what Kevin Durant's going to do? He's going to go back to like at this point, dude, his dude, legacy he, is. I was just, gonna, I was going to say, his legacy is just like running to the easiest destination possible. I mean, the the first reports that came out where he was interested in the Heat and the Suns, he just sure. literally picked the two one seeds and was like, "I want to go to those teams." By the way, yeah. if he ends up on the Heat, and I've said this, I hinted at this before, and I'm going to reiterate it for all because. I know there's a few Knicks fans who listen to this show. As a Knicks fan, I think we turned the Riley heat into our, uh, you know, Darth Vader and the Empire. And I'm pretty sure when you when you get a little maturity, you set your fandom aside and you look at it. It's the other way around. We're the bad guys. They're the good guys. How so? Explain that. Because Pat Riley just wanted to do the job he's doing with the Heat, with with the Knicks. And they were like, and James Dolan was like, fuck you. And whoever, I, it wasn't even Dolan then. It was like whoever was like, fuck you. And he's like, fine, I'm leaving. And then he went and he built this whole thing. And he had all the things. And yeah, there's been the weird moments. Like, you know, the PJ Brown and you had the the Van Gundy, like like Van Gundy dr- being dragged around by Alonzo Mourning. Like a lot of people like, like was Alonzo Mourning the villain there? Or was the weird coach that was grabbing onto a player's leg the villain? You know what I mean? It's like there was always this like bad, bad guys versus good guys kind of vibe. And, you know, look at what the Heat have done. The Heat have just gone on like, they're like if they land Kevin Durant, it's like they're just they're making they've made all the right moves since Riley left New York. Yeah, low, and the Knicks low key have been, underrated, and the Knicks have been terrible. Yeah, with the exception of like the first few years out where they were kind of competitive, he he immediately turns the heat around, and suddenly they're a rival. But like if you go to Knicks fans now, like Knicks fans of my age. The Heat are one of their major, you know, the the hatred for those Heat teams. 
And now that I'm older and more mature, I'm like, you know what? I think we were the bad guys the whole time. Yeah. Well, not Patrick Ewing, not, you know, whatever, but like from a franchise standpoint. Sure. I can see that. We, we wrote, you know, ran Riley out of town. And you guys have been dog shit since. And they've been amazing since. Exactly. They've been a competitive franchise competing for championships, winning championships. So there's so many players moving, signing trades. We'll just bounce around. Speaking of your Knicks, Jalen Brunson is confirmed. 102 million, I think, for four years. Isn't that correct? Yep. All right, let's play. I think we have a quick call about that. All right, here we go. What's up, guys? This is Dak from Omaha. Short and simple call. Uh, lifelong Knicks fan. I just want to say we were talking about the Knicks last episode and how the Jalen Brunson contract could be shit. I don't think uh, they just signed four-year, $110 million. I don't think it's that bad. I think the biggest problem on the team is Tibbs. He fucking sucks. He's always sucked. He had one good Derrick Rose year. Um, and last year's stat of the year is that in 2021-2022, Taj Gibson played more minutes than fucking Obi Toppin. I mean, that's all we need to hear. That's all I need to hear about Tibbs. He could fuck right off. Condoms are for uh, season seven and eight of Game of Thrones. Later. I uh, agree with this. Um, I agree with the Tib sentiment. I I I I still disagree um, on the Brunson thing, and here's simply why: because of the second part of his call. Where are they as a franchise right now? Everybody's going. Let the young kids play. Let the young kids play. Let the young kids play. And I was I was uh, texting with a buddy of mine the other day, and I was like, Kevin Durant's not coming to the Knicks, but uh, you know. So I had said, I had said Fournier, Randall, all the draft picks, go get Donovan Mitchell, and then play Brunson, Mitchell, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson. That's your starting five. That's competitive. That's competitive. That's a that's a, a potential top four team in the East. That's multiple star plus players. Like Mitchell's a star. Uh, you know, Brunson. Okay, if if you believe that he's going to like grow into a star, and and RJ Barrett is twenty two years old or whatever, you can make that move. And it's like. And my buddy said, well, why not just go get Durant for that? I go, first of all, Durant's not coming to the Knicks for one. But then he was like, the whole, the, the, the make or break for this Knicks team the next couple of years is going to be playing the quote unquote kids. Okay. Tibbs is never going to do that. He refuses to do it. Again, Taj Gibson, who at this point is pretty unqualified to be in the NBA is playing more minutes than a guy you drafted in the lottery. Like this is the problem with the Knicks is like, what if, if you have Tibbs and you have this approach to the lineup, 
how many years does it take you to like continue to be like by the time Jalen Brunson's like you're, you're going to have spent the whole hundred million dollars in the next four years of rebuilding. To me, it's like keep those kids, pair them with stars, and take a shot at it. Every other team does that these days. It's the only way it gets done. The idea of a slow, casual rebuild. And, and also the problem with the Knicks is they change their mind on how they're doing things as it's going. We're going to sign Julius Randle for two. We're going to, this is going to be the big free agent signing. We're going to sign Julius Randle for two years. And what this will do is this will give us a placeholder and we'll have cap room in a couple summers. And then they go and extend Julius Randle. So you've bailed on your own strategy. Well, yeah, I, I see. Yeah, I see all those points, and, and I tend to agree. You need some sort of star power in the modern NBA. At this point, they just they just don't have it. They've been had it for a long time. Who's been the best Knicks player besides Carmelo? Which obviously, I know how you feel about Carmelo, but like outside of Carmelo, in the last twenty years, Stoudemire, probably. And you know what's funny? Like I almost forget he played for them. That's kind of the point, right? Not that he played bad for them, but I always think Suns when I think of Stoudemire. Yeah. So Jokic now has the, what is it? The largest deal in NBA history. Five years, 270 mil. Uh, adds on, add on another year. Six years, $303 million. I don't understand. There, there used to be a, is this just inflation? Like there used to be a thing like, oh, 37, 38 million dollars is like, wow, this you're gonna own 38 million. Like he's basically getting 60 million dollars a year. 50. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Over 50 million dollars a year. I mean, is he the richest? Where's he from again? Serbia. Is that possibly right? I think it is. Yeah. She's the richest person in Serbia. I, I think uh, Novak Djokovic is also Serbian, isn't he? Ooh. Yeah. Or is he? By the way, do I just look like blatantly racist being like, hey, there's no rich people in Serbia. <laughs> Somebody's like, Ruth, you're an asshole. I mean, he's got to be up there, right? Yeah. I wonder what his brothers are going to do with that money, the Jokic brothers. Like, how much money is he giving them of that $300 million? I feel like if you give them a couple million each, they wouldn't even, like, he'd be like, I just put this, I put a bunch of money in your bank account. And they're like, how much do you put in? He's like, a trillion. And they're like, all right, cool. Like, I feel like you you could give those guys like $5 million each, and they just they would just, like, assume they have all the money they'll ever need forever. What What, what are his brothers doing with that money is the question. Strip clubs, guns, drugs. Probably no. Probably just. I feel like. Well, why do we do we know that? Like, I mean, I know that they were, they were, they had his back, but like, I, I you've turned them into John Wick villains. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a boat. 
couple yeah, yachts. I did go for all that stuff. Matching his, his and his yachts. I don't know what I'd do with that money. If you give me a hundred million dollars and somebody said to me, what's the first thing you're going to do? I wouldn't have an answer. Off the top chips, of my head. man. <laughs> I need to rewatch that movie. What a great movie. So good. Actually, I caught it the other day on TV. Forget where I was. And uh, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, no, all time classic. So he has the richest deal now in NBA history, but all these deals, we do this every year. I mean, yeah, I mean just, we've had, we've had three or four of them just in the last couple of days, right? Zach Levine, five years, $215 million. Bradley bill or Bradley Beal, five this years. One, this, this has got to be, this has got to be the biggest shocker of all of them, right? The Beal. Yeah. It's a terrible deal. The, the wizards just being like, listen, here's a quarter of a quarter of a million dollars to Bradley Beal of a billion dollars yeah that's what i mean sorry yeah and and so like like it, to me it this is one of those like no one in the boardroom said anything it's like to me it's one of those like so the this you know the president and ceo of the wizards is like listen we just got to keep these good times rolling man i mean the bradley beal era here in washington has been nothing but a success how do we not re-up Bradley Beal? What like look at all that we've accomplished with Bradley Beal? We have to we have to keep it going. And that's the thing. Again, when you're running a business, it's all about return on investment, right? The only thing that matters at the end of the day, because this is a business, is the ROI. How do they justify two hundred? It's, like the, it's like the opposite of it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's really really broke, like try something new. Like Bradley Beal in Washington, how is that going? You guys are just the worst team ever every year, and you're like, we got to, we got to run it back one more time. Maybe if they change their name back to the Bullets, they start winning yeah. games again. One more time with Bradley Beal, we got to do it. He's 29. Not that he's old, but you're saying you're going to give Bradley Beal. Up to 34, all that money. That's a lot of money. Basically, that's two years younger than like LeBron is now, is my point. And the problem is, okay, so Perzingis goes to, to Washington, right? So let's say you think you're putting something together here. Nobody thinks that this Washington team is like the three seed, right? Nobody. Nobody. So again, it comes back to like what what is essentially modern NBA common sense. You are better off being terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Than you are being the eight seed. Sure. Which yeah. is what we're looking at. If Washington puts it together, they're a seven seed, a six seed. It's like precisely why I don't want the Knicks giving a hundred million dollars to Jalen Brunson. It's like, cause where does that get us right now? Yeah. NBA, no man's land. 
where we don't get in the lottery and we don't win a playoff series. Look, look, I, I understand that, you know, the market dictates these salaries. So it's the same problem in the NFL. The market's going to dictate these quarterback salaries. And we all agree they're completely overpaid. Now, Beal is the extreme example, but I'm not trying to diss him, but I'd throw Zach Levine up there too. Like, dude, you're worth $200 million. No. No, never. But but my point is, even even with an escalated market, but at value, least at least the Bulls can say, "Hey, we did a little something last year. We started hot. We whatever. We were a six seed. We you know we're building on this. Whatever. What in the Bradley Beal era, Washington has done nothing. Yeah, I know." I don't know, man. I'm going. I'm going through this. You know, there's a lot of signings. The big question right now, still, is DeAndre. But yeah, like if you're, you know, for the Bulls, Zach Levine just got maxed out. Zach Levine has zero appearances on any All NBA team in his whole career. He's not a first, second, or third teamer ever. And he got two hundred million dollars. Not one time. See, the argument of fans, I don't think that works anymore. Fans just want to see winners. I, I, I think in today's modern sports world, and I could be wrong, I know star power is real, but I wouldn't put him in the star power category. I don't think if they move that money around in other places, I don't think the fans would be that mad. How many Zach Levine jerseys are they really selling? That's what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, you either need a stud athlete or a charismatic athlete that the fans just really love and adore. I mean, Zach Levine is 27. He's still young. He's a two-time All-Star and a zero-time ever. Well, the All-Star doesn't mean shit to me. The All-Star is voted on by fans. Anything voted on by fans means nothing. Yao Ming. Well, I mean, he wasn't an All-Star starter. Which, for the record, they should remove any fan voting from any all-star, any Pro Bowl. It, it, like, the fans should not have a say. Like, they should all issue an edict together, all the major sports leagues, and just say, have you seen Twitter? Have you seen Twitter? We're going to let the fans decide. Have you seen Twitter? Actually, all they need to do is just take the worst 30 sports dirtball takes Hell, throwing some of my awful takes. I've had just as many bad ones too. And just be like, you really want this guy? You really want this guy with the brain injury voting on who should be an all star? Like, Manzel to the Pro Bowl. Everybody get on Twitter. I'm going to have to go back and listen. You've brought that up twice now. Did I really think you'd go to the Pro Bowl? I think so, yeah. That's probably going to be my worst take of all time. <laughs> Dude, you loved Manziel coming out. You really did. I loved him at Texas A&M. I did. I did. He, but he was exciting, man. I mean, he beat Bama. Like, yeah. He was. I drank the Kool Aid hard. Yeah, and I was like, he's five nine. What the fuck are we talking about? You're like, I don't know, man. Be scrambling around. Yeah, that was that was an all time bad take. Okay, I think we actually have a call about 
we have a few call. We just did the Bronson call. We have a call. I think this is about the uh, the Jokic deal. Let's see here. What we got here. Hey guys, uh, it's uh, Randy calling from Tacoma, Washington. Uh, I just got the notification from the Athletic that uh, Jokic, Jokic, I I can't fucking pronounce it right. Uh, Jokic. You know what I'm talking about. I just got the (laughs) richest deal in NBA history. Uh, I think it was 264 million over five years. Uh, I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it. in my, I don't know. I know he's a two-time MVP, uh, but just with a guy that big, just injuries. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's had any. Not off the top of my head, but like potential injuries he could get just because he's such a big ass dude. Um, I could see that fucking it up later down the road. But uh, that's just my my two cents. I just wanted to hear what you guys had to say. Uh, Condoms are for the Mets. Joe, the Braves are coming. Oh, shots fired. Well, let's talk about the Jokic thing, and then I'll talk about this Braves thing, because this is actually something that's been percolating on the the social medias, too, uh, the last few days. Uh, The Jokic deal, we we talk about Bradley Beal and Zach Levine and whatever. Like This is a guy. Thank you. He he won two MVPs. They're, they're They're competitive because of him. No, I you, couldn't agree more. You, and you lock him in place and you put the things. And and also it's not that much more all, money than these guys. Yeah. And also all of these deals, it's five years, but it's really three. It's really four before we get to the opt out, before we get to whatever. It's like he's still relatively young. Yeah, he's big, but like I mean, we're it's unlike baseball, you know, we're not we're not signing the guy for 10 years. You're signing him for five years. It's gonna be fine. And He's he's earned it, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Especially after we just talked about those other guys. Like, this is a return on investment. Even if he gives you just two or three great years, he earned it. Um, I do want to tackle his his Braves comment. You know, he, uh, he said "fuck the Mets." Like, he's a Braves fan or whatever. That's fine. Like, I'm not. You know, that's that's pretty standard. But there has been something going around, and uh, I've noticed this, and it's very weird. I, it's a very weird thing that's coming from Braves fan these days. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of like this sentiment that's out there that the Braves, who at one point were 10 and a half games uh, behind the Mets, um, who had a huge, the, the Braves just like basically won every game in June. The Mets have hit a little bit of a snag, um, but the Braves currently sit three and a half games behind the Mets and everybody is acting like they've already made this. Like you guys are, you're still three and a half games back. Like I cannot believe Well, he said, we're coming for you. I know, but, but this is this, I mean, and this has been happening on social media. There was this, you know, Buster only is getting his clicks with the Jacob deGrom is going to go to the Braves nonsense. I saw that and whatever, but like the Mets have been without Scherzer for months, they've been without DeGrom the whole year. Scherzer is starting on Tuesday. DeGrom struck out five guys in in two innings in his rehab start today. It seems really reckless for you guys to act like you've already overtaken the Mets when 
You're three and a half games back still today with our pitchers. A come, you're coming. You're coming. The, the two best pitchers of a generation are coming. That's who's coming. You guys are still three and a half games out. It's the weirdest thing. The thing is, is Mets fans are like, we're a boisterous bunch. But the idea that we like shoot ourselves in the foot to open a season and we get back to three and a half games, I'm still not talking. Like, I'm the kind of guy I'm like, I'm not talking shit until we pass them. Yeah. They're already well, talking shit. It's like you you guys have your own thing. Freddie Freeman's out there being like, you guys fucked up. Like, I, I you know, you have your you have free agent drama. You got Scherzer and DeGrom coming back, but most importantly, you're still three and a half games out. Like, what are we talking about? You lost to the Reds today. Yeah. Your boy is pitching, starting on your birthday against the Reds. You let me know. Yeah. Mad man. Yeah. Man. yeah. It's coming back. Yeah, man. Mad. Yeah. Oh, fucking, fucking two chilies and fucking once pick a fucking chili. Fucking. We're here on fucking Independence Day playing the fucking Great American Ballpark. Fucking, it's too much America, Mary. Fucking shut up. Stop touching me. He's going to do well. That Reds lineup is fucking terrible dude i don't know if you i'm sure you have it that that red lineup is like what's well, a lot i see a lot of former met like fucking uh, little former met like backups in your lineup yeah it, i mean it's it's uh again I, I i look at the scores but that's about it it's 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 pretty bad i i just i really i would love to know on some of these teams like the reds how many people actually go to these games? I'm so sick of paid attendance. I'm so sick of it. I'm there. I'm by that stadium all the time. Don't tell me there's 27,000 fans when I go for a run and the place is literally maybe 10,000. But that's good for you guys. That's a good point. You have two star pitchers out. You're still in the lead. You're still three. Like if you, t- if you said this to me pre, Prior to the season starting July one or July, July 4th. Uh, you'll have a three and a half game division lead. Um, and you'll have you, you but, but let me tell you this for, for the first three months of the season, you got no shares or no DeGrom, but July 4th, you have a three and a half game lead. Do you take it? I'd be like, yeah, of course I take it. What are we talking about? Yeah, of course. And by the way, the, the thing about the the Braves had an except like the Braves keep winning, but all that winning, you're three and a half games out. Yeah, you didn't do all that winning and pass us. You did all that winning and you got close enough for fucking fucking guy to come up and fucking Jacob Degrom who who struck out five guys and six hitters today. I don't think he threw anything but a fucking cutter. And a fucking sinker. You didn't throw a goddamn slider the whole day. All right, let's let's move past the NBA, but I'm gonna hop into the YouTube comments and just well, get your. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, you got something else to say? Well, the 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 one I think honestly the most yeah. interesting move 
in terms like, you know, we talked about like how Brunson um, to another team would have been like a move, but Brunson and the Knicks doesn't really do anything. Oh, Brogdon, the yeah. Brogdon to the Celtics. Yeah, good point. Plus Gallinari to the Celtics. The Celtics are now, are now NBA favorites. The Brogdon move is great. He he's you great. You get a point guard. Now is he is he your prototypical pass first whatever? No, but he's not. But you don't have Marcus Smart playing point guard for you anymore. Yeah, you get Gallinari who tends to disappear, but when he's playing, when he's on, he like he can score. You, you have such Italian nepotism for Gallinari. No, but he's a good. You he's love a, Gallinari, dude. He's a good player who has who has it. You know, he's. A guy on that team who can make threes, take the ball to the basket. He's big. Like again, it's like if you said Gallinari to wherever, you know, is he a game? No, you're right. No, but you add Gallinari. You add Gallinari to an already deep team. Gallinari was great on the Hawks. Yeah, well, they they, he should you know he should get good looks. He'll be able to spread the floor for sure. So they're the Vegas favorites now, huh? I believe that is correct. I can see that. So someone hopped into YouTube comments. Chance said, I think Bradley Beal could be a top 10 player. Dude can average 30 a game without shooting a ton of threes, even though he shoots a high percentage. He was held back by John Wall for a few years. Dude, he's not a top 10 player. It, it, so the problem, I just don't see that. It's just like what does what does all of your scoring translate to in a vacuum matter if it's just like oh like it's it's you know I don't want to say it's got Carmelo vibes because Carmelo sh- shot a very low percentage Carmelo and Kobe with their fucking 8 for 24s every night but like what does it mean if just like you're the guy who's coming to town and it's like, hey, let's get cheap tickets. It's the Wizards and Bradley Beal will score 35. That's what it is. And the fucking Clippers will still win by 20. It's not team basketball. It, but even if, it, but it's like that, that's not necessarily shitting on Bradley Beal. But it's like, if you're going to, if your franchise strategies, we're going to give Bradley Beal $50 million, but we can't do anything else. Just like, yeah. I mean, it, like I said before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it is the opposite of the Bradley Beal Wizards. It's like, it's not working. Sure. So if you're Bradley Beal, all of these guys out there are like turning down money, like turning down options, turning down whatever to go find the right fit for them. And you're Bradley Beal, you're just like, yeah, I'm fine in Washington. We'll be an eight seed or we won't. Maybe we'll be a 10. Maybe we'll be a six. We just want to get paid. There's going to be, there's going to be fine. some sort of, there's going to be some sort of, you know, we'll probably be in a playing game or maybe we won't. I don't know. It depends if I play the whole year. Well, he's, yeah, he's obviously just getting paid. So, Bradley Beal's getting $250 million. I'm not good at math, but. I wonder how many Harry's starter sets he could get because it's only $3. So if he has $250 million, let's put this in. He could get 
80 million starter sets. A little over. I was going to be exact, but yeah. I was never good at math. It's pretty basic math. He get eight, 80 million. He could give Harry starter sets to probably most of the East Coast, a lot of the East Coast. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, that, that I'm just putting it out there, Bradley Beal. You could definitely give one to everybody in the greater, you know, mid-Atlantic region, D.C., Baltimore. 100%. And, guys, the good news is you don't need $250 million, like I'm saying. It's only $3 for a starter set. And that includes a five-blade cartridge, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover to protect your blades on the go. It's a $13 value for just $3. You know, a lot of these other brands like to use gimmicks. Harry's, they just use quality. That's all you need to know. It's going to give you a great shave. I've been using them. Joe's been using them. My whole family's been using them for seven, eight years. They, the blades hold up. You can use them multiple times and it's the best deal and a no risk trial. I don't know why you would take advantage of this. So the new look, same incredible offer. There's really never been a better time to give Harry's a try. Just go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports today to get the starter set for just $3. Once again, that's harrys.com forward slash dirty sports. Okay. Like it happens all the time. Another bombshell dropped last Thursday after we recorded USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, Bill Walton's conference, his team. I mean, I mean, that's where it really stings. Uh, yeah. Big Ten, the conference of can can I, can I get a cue card out here? <laughs> Do you just see Bill Walton like trying to force it through his teeth? Here we are in the great state of Ohio for a UCLA Buckeyes basketball game. Nothing better than going outside, seeing a river on fire, getting yourself a bowl of chili, taking a walk past one of those rusted out old factories and just basking in the nature's glory that is Ohio. Multiple presidents from here. I, think, I don't know. It's a sad day. He's man. always he's always in Oregon and California and Washington. He's like riding his bike through redwood trees. Oh, it's beautiful scenic area. Dude, it's it's here I am in great the great state of Michigan. Well, I mean, what is he talking about? Little Caesars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where my good friend Eminem is from. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get a little eight mile reference. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jesus, poor Bill Walton. That's really, that's really got to be the number one story. Oh, that's the first. That's the first thing I poor, thought. Poor, poor Bill Walton. The first thing I thought of was here we are in beautiful Evanston, Illinois. Check out a game between the Northwestern Wildcats. No, Bill. I mean, he's the biggest loser in conference realignment. Yeah. What is an Illini? I've taken a lot of mushrooms in my day. I've never seen an Illini. Joe, you know, at this point, 
we've we've just reached with college sports the only word i can think of is is lunacy like this is this is pure lunacy and it only reiterates your stance my stance of just not caring guys this is i know it's about the money but this is just this is bonkers because i feel like no one I understand football rules all football money and the football money rules all, but it's a whole athletic department. I, I just don't understand when the men's or women's soccer team or the lacrosse team has to go from Los Angeles to Rutgers or to Maryland or even to Ohio. Like, how does that work for the kid who? is a full-time athlete, a legit student athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this isn't, this and is the, bonkers. And, and now I don't know if you saw, there's, there's, there's reports that like other teams are meeting with the big 10 Arizona's meeting with the big 10 that like a sent that, you know, there's this push to get Notre Dame and it's, it's really, I mean, the push is obviously for two super conferences in the big 10 and the sec because I mean the ACC, the Big so what's East. The, my, my question to you is, what's the point of a conference? No one, no one can ask. No one can answer this. I said this. But last Andy, night I have said this. How long have I been saying this? For I've been saying this forever with college football. Of let's go to the big tournament, and everybody goes. Well, then the regular season doesn't matter. If there's two conferences, and then those two conference championship games, does the regular season matter anyway? Like. The, the honestly, I just don't understand. I'll ne I'll never understand. It's like from the time where I'm a kid, when I'm 10, 12 years old, and you have all of these things that go to the bowl game at the end of the year, and it is what it is. It's like there is no play. It's like whatever. Not that I'm saying there was no no playoff being better, but that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten played in the Rose Bowl, and that all these you have all these bowl games and all these all that regular season had meaning. Yeah. We have already lost the fact that a, the fact that an Alabama can lose regular season games, that an sec team can lose a, a championship game and still get in the playoffs. Does the regular season mean anything? So, like, why are we even doing this anymore? Like, why have any conferences? Why not just have? It's pointless. I couldn't agree more. The idea of conferences, when you have teams from California. It's all just television deals. It's all Again. television deals. It's all that matters because the Pac-12 deal stinks compared to the Big Ten deal. So, they want all that money, which, again, I, but, but again, like, what, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here as a sport as a as college sport I, I i just dude at what point or can we just just end the sham it's a complete and utter sham just end it but i say again and this is my this is my like like every few months call that i put out there to our listeners if you're a university of minnesota fan why do you care you're never ever winning it you're never winning it. So you're just like rooting to go like seven and three and like beat 
take down a Michigan or an Ohio State and play in the Sun Bowl. Yeah. But you're but you're but like, is that the big the big moment for you? You're going to go to all these games all year in hopes that maybe one of those games you beat somebody who actually has a chance at the national championship. Well, look, I, I think if somebody goes just for the entertainment value, low expectations. I get it. You know, I, I, I get it. Right. But you keep adding schools to these things where it's like you can't even like there was a time where it's like, oh, we sneaky won the Big Ten that year. But if you're one of these teams, just, it'll just never happen. It'll never happen again. Now it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Minnesota will never win the Big Ten ever. And, and, and like I always again, I always like to compare and it's probably not smart. It's apples to oranges. But let's bring in the NFL. You can't say that. Nobody saw the Bengals making the Super Bowl. The Bengals were right there to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it's anything truly is possible in pro sports. I know it's different because you have 30 or 32 teams. It's just not that way. So then just make college football that, make it that, like you're saying, which they already said they're going to do. It's going to be 220 teams in a conference. But to me, it's like if you're going to do this, if you're going to do these, it, it, to me, the answer is so obvious, but I, but, but there's no way to do it where all these conference deals get to do money. But like the answer to me is obvious. Expand your playoffs and let everybody play whoever the fuck they want. Let Alabama have a schedule where we're like, yeah, we're going to go play SC this year. And we're going to go play fucking Notre Dame in a regular season. And we're going to play Texas. And we're going to play Florida. Like, fuck it. Let's have an awesome schedule where we just make a ton of money because every game's a huge deal. The Losing these traditions, I know traditions are meant to be broken, but like, guys, these are... I mean, I mean, I've read a lot on this stuff since this happened. Oregon and Washington, I believe, are the first two teams in the Pac-12. I mean, they've been playing. These guys, these teams have been playing for like a hundred years. Like we're, we're just. Here's what I hate is, is, is but let me gather my thoughts quickly because we're talking about sports, but ultimately, the school presidents are making these decisions. Right. Because because you read the headline, it's not the AD, it's the school president. So think about that. So that's what's crazy is this is impacting things completely outside of sports. Right. So like the school president. Is making these decisions. And to me, this is another microcosm. What is wrong with higher education now, just in general? Like. Like we got some bad shams in our country, right? Like I'd say the healthcare system, political system, like, you know, law enforcement, you can go on a lot of things, dude, the, the, the higher education system, is there a bigger sham? Like this is, this is a joke. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so, and, you, and, so, so and, you're the UCLA president and you're making these to sit. What, what does that have to do with academics? Right. It's all about money. That's all that matters to these people. And, and, and this is the problem with college football too, is like, they do all this and it gets more like the, the number of teams that actually legitimately compete to win it all goes down every year. Yeah. And now you don't even have teams that are just competing 
to win their conference and go to the Rose Bowl, which has tradition, to win their conference and go to the Orange Bowl, which has tradition. You do you remember um name that tune? Yeah. The game name that tune, and it was like you would you would have to go, you would go down one. It's like I can name it in three notes, I can name it in two notes. If I told you right now, you and I are gonna make a wager. Okay. In the next 10 college football seasons, you can pick any total number of teams that will win a national championship in the next 10 college seasons. 10. Okay. You can pick any number. And the the more you get, the more correct you get in your group, the better. But if I pick, if I pick, less numbers than you and still get the same amount. I win. How many teams would you pick? Like how many total teams? What would your pool of teams be? Three I pick four, like three to four, three teams. Yeah. Four teams. No more than four. So no we're, more. we're just sitting here going like for the next 10 years, four college football programs have a chance to win the national title. Well, Joe, why we, you know, there's the power of Google. Why don't we go back in the last 10 years? So let's start. Um, let's start in 2012 to 2021. That's 10 years. Okay. One, two, three, four. There's been six. And they are Ohio State, they Clemson, are Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, and Florida State. I forgot about Florida that. State. Florida State, right. Which will not be in my list. No. Going forward. Yeah, so six teams in the last 10 years. But, I mean, shit, dude. If you, I mean, it really is. It's crazy. Like... I mean, you, you you break it down. It's just such few teams. I I just don't like. I just don't know what this future is, or or how this is appealing as a fan. If if you take away these rivalries, because because see that's the problem. That that's what they're saying now. They're saying if Washington goes somewhere, Washington State has to go with them. If Oregon goes somewhere. Oregon State or Arizona and Arizona State because you're not going to you don't want to take away the state rivalry. So I don't like where does this go? Goes to dude, th- there's two a rumor, super conferences. There's a rumor going around that Kansas, nothing would happen because football is king and they don't have football. They're, they're saying there's chirping about Kansas to the Big East for basketball. It's like, what? Like when I think of UCLA, when I think of SC, I think Pac-12. It's hysterical. It's just hysterical. The thought of SC playing in a snowstorm in November at the horseshoe. Yeah. What's even more hysterical is some Rutgers football fan trying to stay awake at midnight to watch fucking Rutgers out at playing in Los Angeles. And, and see, that's the crux of it all is they don't give a fuck about fans. They just no. don't. They don't give a shit about fans at all. 
I don't know why you guys support. Like to me, this would be the this would be like the nail in the coffin. Like if I'm a college fan, how, how can you support this? How's it going to work travel wise? Student athlete, it's the funniest shit I've ever heard. Student athlete, yeah. How's this going to work? Again, why is it? Why are you in a conference with these people? So you're, so you're traveling from LA to play Rutgers. Are you just, are you, I mean, serious question. Are they just going to stay there all week? So they don't have to travel all the way back. And then they, in the next week they go to Illinois or wherever. Like how's Dude, this I, being funded? I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking to a guy who's like, Oh bro, bro I've been over for a decade. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, logistically, these are, I think these are fair questions. How does this logistically work? But I'm, I'm, I also just continue to be like college football is fun. And the, the like atmosphere is great. A hundred percent. And you have the first tier and then you have the second tier. Okay. But like, the third tier of teams that like historically were like meaningful Tennessee. Tennessee is not going to appear in any fucking game of meaning forever, except are they going to upset Alabama? Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like this Vanderbilt, is Vanderbilt. Why do you have a football team? Because they well, we know why. Get that money. Get that. Get right. that SEC money. Right. It's nuts, dude. It's absolutely nuts. All right, let's hear from some dirt balls. Let's let's keep this a little short tonight. Oh, let's let's get a call on this. Here's a call from a dirt ball. We got it. We got to play a call on this realignment. Joe, Andy, number one farmer dirt ball, Jay from Minnesota. Um, when I think Big Ten football, basketball, anything, you know, I think of the snowy streets of Minnesota, I, Ohio State versus Michigan, Iowa, grinded out football, and I also think of sunny Southern California. No, I don't. But uh, UCLA and USC are set to join in 2024, I guess. It'd be fun to see them play at Williams Arena. My dad's got season tickets, so I'm going to watch the new talent. But, I mean, Rutgers and Nebraska was enough of a stretch to get into the conference. We might as well just put big in front of the uh, NCAA and just have them all in one conference. That's pretty much what it's becoming. What a joke. Stay nerdy, boys. I guess that's the allure. Like, hey, I'm a fan. SC's coming in town, or UCLA basketball is coming in town. And I'm sure that's exciting. Don't get me wrong, but again, you're just removing, like, you're removing a hundred percent tradition and history, like all of it. You're, you're taking a, uh, you're dropping your pants and literally taking a shit on a hundred plus years. <clears throat> but you would think that the, you would think the NCAA would be forward thinking but they're not and just be oh, like no. hey we don't need conferences at all let's just do deals with the networks 
and be able to fucking put whatever game on CBS on Saturday, whatever game on ABC on Saturday, flex the big game of the week, let teams play whoever the fuck they wanted. What is the absolute purpose for a conference anymore? Like I'm asking a serious question. Why are there conferences in college football? No, there shouldn't be. I agree. There's no purpose. No purpose at all. Can you hear that in the background at all? Was that dog bark? Is it loud? No. Very subtle. Someone in the other room is really jamming a show. Or it's Roscoe watching TV late night to, to numb the pain from the fireworks. My girlfriend was watching the Terry Bradshaw reality show last night when I got home. And I'm just saying, like, first of all, I didn't we know need, he... We need, we need a girlfriend reveal at some point. I mean, you know, all we know, she's got a dog. She's a pharmacist. Her TV watching is questionable at best. No, no, it's not questionable. It's awful. <laughs> but, like, but like all over the board, too. She's got Letterman, Kevin Durant interview on. Now she's on the Terry Bradshaw show. She, she is all over the board. But, I mean, when I came home and I watched, I didn't know Terry Bradshaw had a show. I think it was only two seasons. So these are old. Like this episode last night was during COVID. And she didn't understand why I hated him so much. And I just said, I know you don't follow sports that much, but what he said about Mike McCarthy and choosing Mike McCarthy, that he would choose Mike McCarthy over Aaron Rodgers. That was the weirdest take ever. It's the worst take ever. It's like a sin I cannot overlook ever. I just, I'm, I'm just now looking forward to Jew calling in and defending that take and being like, listen, we got to break this down a little deeper. <laughs> Bro, I think he I was thinking about him. Cause he because Drew was a frequent caller. And I don't know if he's ever gonna call in again. Like, I mean, he took it pretty hard. He took it pretty hard in the chin. And and to be honest, dude, no offense, like understandably so. I hope you still listen to the show. Of course he does. I hope he does. Yeah. Why, why would he not? I mean, we didn't force. It's not like we put him, told him, like, forced him at gunpoint to say Steph Curry's better than Shaq. Yeah. We have a first time caller who knows yes, somebody. Lo- love first time callers. He knows somebody you talked about last episode. Okay. So, hotline, if you want to be a first time caller as well, 310 359 8365. I think you're going to like this. Hey, Joe and Andy. First time caller, long time listener from the boonies in New Hampshire. A couple episodes ago, Joe was speaking about um, an old Twitter beef he had with Devin Springfield. I happen to be from the same town as him, and I was wondering if Joe had a message or anything to say that I could talk to Devin about. Um, I think it would be funny to bring that back up to him. I could get to talk to him pretty soon. Um Love you guys show and stay dirty. I don't even remember what my Devin Springfield beef was. Was it Braves? No, no, New Hampshire. Yeah. But I don't think it was Patriots. I looked up. He, he follows me on Twitter. 
three eyes, three, two. Let's see. Let's see what he. I don't even remember the beef. But you mentioned him last episode. That's why he's yeah. calling. Yeah, I know. So you don't remember? No. Oh, I remember now. Now I remember. I do. I do. Ky- Kyrie. Kyrie. His his yeah. Uh, I the the message I have to pass along to Devin is: Am I still insane for saying that the Celtics are better without Kyrie Irving? There it is. Toprano never forgets. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think I think the. Uh, here, I think I, I think I found his name the other day when I was searching for Kyrie. And it was, you know, it was some it was some like, you know, I'm I'm OK to like have conversations. But like, if you think Kyrie. Leaving the leaving the Celtics makes them better. Like you're insane and you're embarrassing yourself and blah, blah, blah. So here we are. That's hilarious. Yeah. This is crazy about being online, man. Everything's there forever. Okay. Good baseball question for us to answer. Yo, what's up, Dirty Sports? Follow-up question on the whole net conversation. Now that nets are covering the uh, areas right behind the dugouts, what is the best place in the ballpark to sit? Um, You know, I remember before the Nets came up, Prano would always say right behind one of the dugouts was the best place to sit. I myself, I don't think that I've ever been to a game before they started putting up the Nets, at least not uh, behind one of the dugouts. But I guess I'm just kind of curious now, where's the best place to sit uh, to get an unmitigated view from the, the, you know, from the stands? You know, is, is it in the outfield now? Is it those three sections that Brandon was talking about a little bit farther down uh, the lines? Where where exactly is Prano and Ruth are looking for the best seats in the house to watch the game, you know, not through, uh, not like you're in prison. Peace. So this is like, this is a two-part question and I have, or a two, two-part answer because I have answers to this. So the, the move for me used to be going down the going down the baselines. Now you, unless you're like, I mean, if it's your home team, like I don't get to go to Mets games in New York as much as I get to see Mets games on the road. And what's happening now is like I have to do research before I buy like Angels tickets to see if I'm going to be behind some net. Or every time I go to San Diego now, I'm like, why is San Diego's nets so shitty and it's in pieces and whatever. So essentially now my new, new move is second deck right behind the plate or as close as you can get behind the plate. Now it sort of goes, yeah, it sort of goes without saying it's like, Oh, the lows right behind the plate. Yeah. Like arguably to some people like the best seats in the house, those are pretty expensive, but at a lot of ballparks, they're still pretty reasonable. They are usually I, I go loge behind the plate. And then if that doesn't work, if that's too expensive, then I'll just start spreading down the line. But in the yeah, I go second deck now. Yeah, you have to. I agree. 
that used to be my go-to if you could get sit behind the dugout. It's just it's re- it really isn't the same experience. You want to be a little farther away now, which sucks. And now it's funny because it used to be for me, it used to be behind the plate. I mean, obviously still like behind the plate is great. Like if you have those, those great seats, but yeah, behind the dugout. And then I used to extend down, but like you get too far toward the outfield, you're watching the game at a weird angle and you still have the net coming into like half of your view. So I've kind of taken that out. So now my view, my, my move is kind of like uh, the second deck or after that, it'll be like the interesting place in the ballpark. Like the next thing I'll do is like, instead of being like, oh, I'm going to go to the next deck or I'm going to go toward the outfield. I'll be like, all right, fuck it. Well, if I'm in San Diego, I'm just going to watch from like the beach in the outfield. Cause like, it's like, fuck it. If my view is going to be shitty anyway, let me find an interesting place or like the bar or like this fucking club or this or whatever. But my go-to move now is just go second deck. Yeah. Shout out to the dirt ball. I saw uh, at uh, city field when I was right behind the plate second deck you know getting that club area for the brave series early in the year it really is crazy how much it's ruined closed seats and i don't feel like enough people talk about it enough people don't talk about it i mean it's 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 completely changed it and i know just firsthand from when we went to those mets giants games without a net and then one with a net it completely changed it yeah so you got to go second row. All right. Well, today is. I sent you the tweet, by the way. I sent you. I saw I, it. I sent. I sent you it. So we have. I saw it. With with today being a holiday, um, I figured you're sick. Let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up, Joe Prano. Let's wrap it up before it officially turns into July Fourth. Let's do it. Guys, give us a ring again at three one zero three five nine eight three six five. Tweet at us. Send us a message on Instagram at the Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. What about you, Joe? You can follow me at Joe Prano on everything. Uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram. At Joe Prano on TikTok. At Joe Prano on all the social medias. I've, you know, you want a Fourth of July shout out? I'm on Cameo. At Joe Prano on Venmo. Uh, at Joe Prano ever, except for Twitter, when I'm still at Fix Your Life. If you want to send me tweets such as, you don't actually believe the Celtics are better without Kyrie, do you? Because that's just a bad take, brother. Please figure it out. What date is that? That is from December 13th, 2018. Our boy, Devin Springfield. He wants me to figure it out. Hopefully, he has, in the last four years, figured it out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, guys, enjoy your holiday. Be safe. Drink some Miller Lights. Tweet at us. Tweet at them. Yeah, send me some July 5th Miller Light drinking. It's Joe Prano Day, everybody. Send me your Miller Light picks. That's right. Joe's 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 birthday in a day. Uh, what we're calling Miller Light Day. Okay. It's not Joe Prano Day. It's Miller Light Day. Yeah, let him know. All right, guys, have a great start to your week. Again, enjoy your holiday. We'll see you soon. And as always, stay dirty.